years and got here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and a ho, 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 Merry Christmas to all of you. I am producer Dave. Yes, Merry Christmas. Crimbo is upon us yet again, and we have some festive treats as per usual. And it's it's like, it, I, I, I don't want to say it, it is like the year. And this is the thing. Everyone keeps on telling me, it's like, oh, wow, it's December 2023 already. It's flown by. It didn't fly by for me at all. Did you feel the same way, producer Dave? Did 2023 fly by for you? Uh, there were months where I can't remember, but uh, it, it kind of dragged, especially during the summer where the, <laughs> where the, where I was hoping for some nice weather and all we got was rain. Yeah. I mean, it, for me, mo it, it loads, of, loads of spots really dragged. So I remember the first... Like the, 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 you know, the beginning of spring, and it was uh, drag may not necessarily be a bad thing because some of the things so I I did enjoy twenty twenty three, but it has been a long year for me, um not just for me personally, but I feel it. But I I guess the older I get, the more I feel time drag. So it's like whenever somebody says, "Oh, it's like oh the year's just flown by," my response is always, "No, it hasn't. It went at its normal pace." If anything, it felt longer. So I feel that's what the case is. I feel the year has gotten has has, has dragged its 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 feet for us to get to Christmas. And this December for me has been the longest because it's like we we're recording this where we're almost at Christmas, but it still feels miles away. I don't know. But anyway, you, 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 enough about my my rabbiting on. Uh, about stuff. Let me, Producer Dave, I always like to ask you what you've been watching uh, recently and what TV shows or movies you've been watching recently. Let's let's talk about that before we jump into our film and TV news segment. So what have you been watching recently? Not much new. I mean, if you remember listening to us last time, I was rabbiting on about Unprison. Unprison. Yes. Uh, Which is on I, uh, Disney Plus. Yes. yes, that's right. And I just finally finished watching it and restarted it and watched it all again there were some episodes in there there was one that made me laugh myself silly and also one of the things i forgot to tell you was that um, the other thing that i really liked about the series was the music that they chose to go a lot accompany it with um have you heard or do you remember 
Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam. I remember Jimmy Jam. Terry Lewis obviously sounds familiar. Give me a song that he'd done. Well, think of the Janet Jackson tunes. And yes. they were the producers be behind most of her albums. Sure. So, so, her... so things like, um, yeah, what have you done for me lately? Dun, 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 yeah. Dun. yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So they chose quite a lot of the tunes that were in there. And one yeah. of the episodes, they chose a... It went really well with the the episode because uh, the episode was called Have You Got a Mother Wound? And, okay. um, and I won't tell you what happened in there. Um, it would give too much away. But one of the songs that one of the songs they chose to accompany that was a an old song called She's a Bad Mama Jamma, which Yes, I don't yeah. It had me in stitches because well the, the scene that it comes up on is just really funny. But when I went on to online I noticed that um, there was a lot of people who were using that tune to do a dance routine. And you saw elements of that in that episode as well. And I didn't realize that they'd been using it. So I thought, ah, I see where that had come from, if you see what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, All so, right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. you, I, know, I remember when you mentioned it last week, you were, you were talking about it. And obviously, it has uh, Del Delroy Lindo and Kerry Washington in it. That's and right. I really like both of them. Cinema different things, obviously Scandal for Kerry Washington, Delroy Lindo in numerous films uh, growing, you know, going across the, the decades and most recently on TV in The Good, was he in, he was in The Good Fight, not in The Good Wife, he was in The Good Fight and he was great in that. If, if you don't know who I'm talking about and you don't want to watch the movies, there's a, there's a clip that's been going viral from The Good Fight, which a lot of people actually mistake for being something that happened on, on uh, TV. Where because in the good fight he's a lawyer and he's he's brought on to this news discussion panel and they want you know, kind of like, you know, like breakfast or um you know good morning or uh you know the the, the one that the ladies have and it's all it's a Whoopi Goldberg and all those people they're oh, on yeah. there and he's he's been brought on as a guest panelist at one point and he's so because of the kind of the passion that he delivers and he's so charismatic they love him in the show so they, they they love him as the guest and what they do is the network actually they they ask him to come back on as more of a permanent guest so he is you know like a permanent member panelist. Of, of a panelist thank you a, a more permanent panelist and he's like yeah sure it's a, it's a great idea so he shows up and he's expecting to see the other black panelist that was there so they can chat and whatnot in the makeup chair and he's there and he asked the makeup lady he's like where's the other guy i was like you didn't hear he's like no it's like they fired him. It's like, why did fire him? He's like, why do you think? So it's kind of like, oh, so he, so they had to, they hired him to replace the other black panelist, uh, rather just get him on there and keep another black, just have two black panelists, right? And so that's the setup for the viral clip. The clip that goes viral is him sitting there while they're going live. They're talking. And he's there and they, somebody asks him a question. You just see, so he sort of wakes up and the question they're discussing is is kind of uh, about using the N-word in rap lyrics and stuff. And he flips and goes into the bit where he's like, go on, I want to hear you say it. And he's talking to the other white panelists. He's like, I want, you like the song, right? I want to hear you say it. And you can see him like mortified. It's a great clip. That's, that, that is Delroy Lindo. I, I'm going to go watch. It's Unprisoned, you said, right? Unprisoned. Unprisoned, yeah. Don't forget the Five Bloods as well, because he's in that. 
yes, he's in the five five bloods. Yes, he's the um. I, I, I'm not gonna say he's, he's yeah. I'm not gonna say what character he plays, but yes, he's in he's in the five bloods most recently. So that's that great great guy actor and Carrie Washington. Love Carrie Washington. She's fantastic. Um, for me, I've still been I, I've been still I'm still catching up on the stuff that I've I've mentioned last week. The Americans, which is on Disney Plus, I'm still watching. I'm on third season of the Morning Show, which is on Apple TV, and uh mini marcus i've gotten him we I, I don't know if i mentioned this last week but uh he saw a clip of the punisher and something and he really really liked the punisher and so because punisher is my favorite uh, comic book character of all time i mean you say him maybe marv from sin city but definitely punisher um and so he wanted to watch the the new tv series for punisher so i i said look don't go and start with the series let's get you with the introduction from daredevil season two so we went we watched daredevil season two we finished daredevil season two we're now into uh, punisher season one we're like four episodes in so that's another one that i'm enjoying binge watching uh it's such a great show and i'm so happy to hear <clears throat> there, there's news that he's coming back uh they're most likely going to do a new punisher series and it's like fantastic they bring back the good people from the netflix shows uh and, and re reboot their tv series obviously keeping the main characters because uh, the actors will play the main characters because they're all fantastic. You're listening to Shooting Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus Iaco. And I'm producer Dave. Uh, and I must obviously be on the Christmas eggnog because I'm, uh, I'm starting <laughs> to slur my speech. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's get ourselves to Christmas where we can enjoy some good Christmas movies uh, and, and TV shows, which is what we're going to be talking about in the spotlight. We're going to jump in and talk talk about our top five uh, Christmas movies. I'll bring my top five. Producer Dave, you bring your top five. We used to do top fives for different uh, categories ages ago. We haven't done it in a while. Let's bring it back for Christmas, shall we? Let's get all nostalgic. Uh, but before we do that, let's jump into film and TV news. <laughs> At the top of our film and TV news uh, segment, we before we jump back into some of the merriment, uh, we want to celebrate uh, an actor who has been he's he's been in some of the some of the best roles I've seen. He's played some of the best roles as he just uh, stop rambling because the guy he he passed out he passed away recently. Andre Brower. Um, those of you who may you may recognize the name, some of you may know who I'm talking about. Some of you who don't know who I'm talking about. He, most recently, he played Captain Holt on Brooklyn Nine Nine. He was fantastic on that show. Uh, in in the past, other people might recognize him. My, the first time I ever saw him was uh, in uh, Homicide: Life on the Street. That's one where he got a number of Emmys uh, because that show, that was he was he just he's he was so good. He if if you were to ask me um, which actors bring gravitas to any role that they play. That is, he would be the first person that would just pop into my head. Obviously, you think people like James Earl Jones, you think about Morgan Freeman, you think about Denzel Washington, you think about, you know, Anthony Hopkins, you think about all those kind of people. Sure, they, you know, when you mention them, uh, Brian Cranston, right? Those are people that you know that they'll bring a sense of gravitas to the, the and I'm talking male actors. Obviously, we can go to female uh, actors, talk about uh, Viola Davis, Meryl Streep, and so on and so forth. Yes, we can rattle through those lists but for me personally 
when you say the word gravitas, the first person I that pops in my head is Andre Brower. That's the first person who always popped in my head. Fantastic, fantastic actor. Um, obviously, a lot of his stuff is known for drama. I remember he did a TV show, uh, which was, it only ran for one season. And I don't know why it got cancelled because it's just ridiculous. Um, and I'm just double, double checking to make sure. Well, I guess they did as a miniseries is Thief. It's based on a 70s movie with James Caan and it's called Thief. I remember seeing that. It came out in 2006. Loved that show. Just kept wanting it to come back. Uh, he, he's basically the head of, of this, um, the, the, you know, this crime. Uh, this He has a team, a team of criminals, but he's also got a, you know, a family man as well. And he has to keep, try to keep the life balance and organize his crimes. Kind of like, imagine Heat, the TV series. That's what Thief was. Brilliant show. Um, but everyone else knows him from Life, um, Homicide, Life on the Street. He popped up in different other films as he, he went along. He was in Rise of the uh, sorry, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Played a bit role in that. Um, he was in House. There was a he, he played a psych was a psychiatrist um, in the later seasons of I think the second to last season of House. He popped up in there and he went toe to toe with with Hugh Laurie great actor but then obviously last uh, show last couple of shows that he's been on brooklyn 99 and i believe he's on the last season of the good fight i haven't caught that season yet but he's on there i've seen clips of it and i want to watch it but he passed away uh this week um the i have they haven't uh, they haven't really put out you know as, at the time of this recording they haven't put out what he what was the cause of death but he died at the um on the 11th of december and he, he died at the age of 61. Um, I don't know. A pretty slave. When I when I say Andre Brar, does that does he resonate with you? Is this someone that you've seen in films and TV shows that you recognize? The main TV show that I recognize him from is Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I'm not really a fan of Brooklyn Nine Nine, but he always stood out in Brooklyn Nine Nine. That straight laced face. He he just came across really well. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I'm a huge fan of Brooklyn Nine Nine. I've seen, I've seen the show multiple times. Um, one of my my favorite episodes of of the entire what it has like seven season run. There's one if if you were to tell me get rid of every every other, other episode and keep that one, that is my number one favorite episode of the entire show is the box, and it's it's him, it's um Adam Sandberg, Stephen K. Brown is obviously again. Talk about gravitas. Talk about actors with gravitas. You've got these two actors that you throw them into any dramatic role and they are fantastic. But this Brooklyn Nine-Nine is silly comedy and the two of them just play it off so brilliantly. They, it's, it's Andre Brown brought, he, he just as you, you described, he's like that stoic figure, right? He's a stern face. And that's that's what, he's, that's what his character is. If you don't know Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's focusing on the, on the nine, uh, the, um, the, a precinct, the 99 precinct in Brooklyn, obviously police and the the police officers that are there, the detectives that are there are wacky and crazy and they like to have fun. Uh, Adam Sandberg is leading them. They always play games and they, you know, they're good at their job. Three of them, four of them, five of them. Most of them are good at their job. There are two in particular that are terrible. There are two in particular that are terrible. Uh, so I just, I was going through this like, no, no, always going to the no, deli. No, she's good. She's great. And then it was like, no, no, it's the other two that are just terrible. 
uh, but they're part of the team. And so they muck around quite a lot. Um, and so they, at the very first episode, they bring in Captain Holt, who's there, who's a straight-laced, by-the-books guy who wants, he's supposed to shape up the, the, the group. And that dynamic, he comes in and he's brilliant. And he's there throughout the entire show. And you see his the character arc with his with, with him as uh, Captain Holt is just oh you know a lot of people may not know his his work but it's just Andre Brower fantastic actor rest in peace I'm gonna go I'm gonna go and find Thief and rewatch that show because I remember watching it it had such an impact on me even though it was back in 2006 wasn't refocused much on on that stuff even though I was watching a lot of TV shows I saw him pop up hadn't seen him before uh, and I'd seen him in uh, Homicide Life in the Street loved that that was back in the 90s then he popped up and I was like absolutely great I want to watch that show I watched it loved it hoped there would be another season there wasn't another season and then seeing him popping up in different films that was great and then coming to Brooklyn Nine-Nine and just killing it absolutely killing it there was one more thing about Brooklyn Nine-Nine his character was gay and he he played it um he, he was not he was not the typical gay man that you saw in tv shows and what have you he played it completely straight but he was there with his husband talking about his um stuff and people just didn't know where to put their face when they first heard about it you could see the shock on their face when they first found out he was gay but he was just like himself all the way through so yeah that was the other reason for um for me, so like staying tuned when I saw the first few episodes that I did see, um, like I said, wasn't really a fan of the show, but yeah, kind of was drawn to his character because he did play it so well. Honestly, I, I, we could dedicate this entire episode just to talking about him and talking about Brooklyn Nine Nine, but you know, we've got it's a Christmas episode, so let's let's move on to other other things. We just want to say Merry Christmas and rest in peace, Andre Brower. And uh, yeah, your your memory will live on to us Brooklyn Nine Nine fans. Even though producer Dave thinks that the show was terrible, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on the Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM. I'm Marcus Iaco, and I'm producer Dave. And uh, we let I jumped on IMDb uh, this morning trying to look for ideas for TV shows or Christmas yeah for Christmas TV shows. But then I saw a list that popped up. And I was like, well, that's true. This is the end of the year. This is going to be the last episode we're going to do for 2023. Um, And so let's do some recapping of some of the things that had uh, graced our television uh, channels and our our TV screens uh, from 2023. I figured we're going to look at the top TV series of 2023. So what we'll do is we'll go from 10 to to 1. And producer Dave, I'd I'd like to find out if you being a resident of the United Kingdom, watched any of these TV series? And if you did, what did you think about them? So let's start with number 10, which is Star Trek Picard. Did you watch Star Trek Picard? No, I haven't seen, I, I haven't even seen the first one episode. I, I just wasn't, <laughs> it, it didn't drag me to it. If it, it didn't, you know, even though the Borg, um, that, oh gosh, the, the uh, Borg convert was due back in there and, yes. uh, and some of the other ones, I, I just didn't, it, it just didn't appeal to me. That's seven of nine, you mean? Yes, yeah, seven of nine. Yes. Seven. Yeah, she, yes. even though she was, she was in it as well. 
Yeah, a whole bunch of uh, people from the original show pop back in. Uh, Data pops back in at one point. Uh, Jonathan Frakes, um, he 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 pops back in. You know, I've I've saw the I saw the first half of the first season. Didn't carry on from there. Um, but you know, I've all I've I've heard a lot of people slam it. But again, the people I've heard slam it are the ones who were delighted that She Hulk was a trash. <laughs> that, that, that I'll, I'll put it that way so i'm not really taking their word for it because i haven't seen a lot of fans of the show raving about it to counteract what the others are saying uh but you know for me while i'm not i wouldn't call myself a trekkie i do watch whenever they have their stuff and so i started watching some of the episodes i haven't gone back into it so it didn't really hold me but i did see it and i thought it was all right all right let's move on to number no, number nine uh hoska this is, uh, again, a Star Wars story, Hoska, which is following, uh, if I'm if I'm pronouncing her name correctly, Hoska Katan. Uh, did you see this, Priest Dave? I didn't even know it was there. <laughs> oh, you see, it's, it's on it's on Disney Plus. So it's obviously part of the Disney, you know, the world of Star Wars. So it's one of the characters from uh, Star Wars, the Star Wars myth. Um, you saw Mandalorian. Oh, you're talking about the woman with the um the 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 yes. thingies. Oh, I I've been meaning. Sorry, it's the way you said it. It's oh, I, 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 Ahsoka. <laughs> sorry, I said Ahoska. I yeah, yeah. There are tons of Star Trek, Star Wars Star. I said Star Trek. They're gonna kill me. <laughs> they're gonna kill me. A ton of Star Wars fans are about to jump through their their, their, their headphones <laughs> and stab me in the throat, and I deserve it. It's Ahsoka Katan, not Ahoska. Ugh, I told you, I'm on the eggnog. Yeah, it's one of those um, series that I've been meaning to to watch. I just haven't had I haven't had the bandwidth to sit down and sit there and watch watch it all the way through. So, but I will be watching it. Um, she popped up in the Mandalorian and the Mandalorian Part Two, which was on in in the Boba Fett series. But uh, yeah, she played an important part in in that. And uh, yes, there was some talk about her and Luke possibly getting together that I saw online somewhere, but. I haven't watched it yet, so fair enough. That's it. Played by Rosario Dawson. Um, I've I've seen two, no, three episodes of it. I did want to go back in. I didn't get the chance to go back in because, again, tons of stuff I want to watch. But yeah, so that's that. It's Ahsoka, um, which is on Disney Plus. Do not kill me, Star Wars fans. Number <laughs> number eight, uh, The Witcher. I believe season three of The Witcher came out. Um, did you see The Witcher? No, I didn't. I, I started to watch it and then I lost um, Netflix. So I haven't seen any of that. I, I believe, what's his name, left the, the main the main guy left, um, what's his name again? He went Henry back. Cavill. Yeah, Henry, Henry Cavill. He, he left to see if he could pick up his um, Superman role again, but uh, that didn't that yeah. fell through. I, I, I haven't, if I have, no, I haven't. I haven't watched the third season of The Witcher, which is weird because because i loved the first season i really really loved the first season i thought it was great then i read the book and a lot of people were saying how the first season isn't as good as the book i read the book i was like nah man i i prefer the tv show to the, to the book and there's one story in particular that was done in the in the tv show that is much better in my opinion than the book uh, and then we moved on to season two and i watched season two and i was like he 
he's all right. It's good. It's good. I mean, not so bad. He was all right. Good. Not as memorable as the first one. And then I think they did a prequel season and then season three. And I just didn't watch season three. So I'll go and check when I get the chance. I will watch it just so that I can be a completist um, and uh, see what it's like. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen the third season. Uh, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. And we are counting down IMDb's best of 2023 TV series uh, in the UK. And number seven is Sex Education. Producer Dave, have you seen any episodes of Sex Education? One or two, but uh, I, I didn't. I didn't watch. I wasn't watching. You were okay. Fair enough. Well, I was. A, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of Sex Education. I, I loved the first season. Second season, um, I really, really liked it. Third season, I thought was very good. <laughs> it's a, It's like it's like going down. The fourth season is. I don't want to call it a mess. I want to. I will say it is. It was rushed. It feels to me. It feels rushed and incomplete because it, they had. They 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 completely changed the setting. They obviously moved from one school to another school. Introduced a whole bunch of new characters. Spent way too much time on some characters and not enough time on other characters. And I watched this um this this um interview thing where one of the, the main writers of this the last season uh, talked about how she'd written a lot about a particular character and they had edited it out completely. So there are a lot of decisions made by that particular character. I'm not going to say which character it is because I want people to go and watch the show. Uh, there, there are certain decisions made by, or the, the direction of a particular character that you're thinking, what what are you doing? It just, That just doesn't make any sense uh, and so on. So, and there was the, a result of that, I guess, was well, the, the cause of that apparently was the fact that a lot of it was edited out. But hey, who knows? Either way, as uh, top 10 seasons or series of 2023, I'm I'm okay with this being on the list. Um, a lot of the uh, actors from this show are blowing up now in different places. Nkuti Gatwa is now the um, is now the new Doctor, which is great. Uh, Emma Mackey, she's fantastic. Um, Asa Butterfield always you know he's he's very very good he's uh he's popped up on a uh uber advert recently with um robert de niro uh, i saw a pop up the other day i was like hey how you doing good anyway that was that's um sex education it's on netflix you can go check it out number six is unforgotten this is a, a cold case crime drama that i believe aired on itv producer dave have you seen this show nope didn't see this one either I've seen this, but it's got five seasons, right? And I've I've seen it being advertised. It's got Sanjeev Bhaskar. It's got Sinead Keenan in it. Uh, great actors. And every time I see it being advertised, it always seems like it's a great show. Uh, and in fact, it says, although IMDb fans gave the season its lowest ratings to date, the season premiere pulled in 8.4 million viewers. And that's to ITV. So, you know, it must be must be a great show. I, I'm, I'll give it a chance. I'll give it a chance. I'll go check it out and, and see what it's like. Uh, but moving on from that one is number five, You, which is on Netflix. Producer Dave, have you seen You? If it's on Netflix, the answer is going to be no. <laughs> okay. So You is the one, is the stalker drama, stalker thing where the, the main character, um, I can't remember his name, but he's, he's, he's a stalker, essentially, and he's a serial killer and whatnot. 
Uh, that's not a spoiler. That's pretty much from that's the whole sales sales point of the of the show. You're following the the bad guy essentially. Um, and yeah, the, the season dropped. I think it's the second to last season, or they did a half season or whatever dropped, and uh, a lot of people like it. I haven't seen a single episode of it, and I don't think I'm gonna see it. So let's move on to number four, uh, which is Happy Valley, another ITV uh, featured TV show. Pretty Dave, have you seen Happy Valley? I've seen it advertised and um, I think I've just been missing it. So no, I haven't seen yeah. it. It's one of those that I, I think I might tune into, but I keep missing when it's on. Yeah, I've never seen an episode of it, but I've heard good things. It had a, it, 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 it had a seven year break and then it did it last, uh, the final season. So it was it, three seasons, right? So it's it, they did two seasons and then stopped for seven years and then came back this year and did the final season. So they did a, a time jump and it's apparently been, it was massive, fantastic uh, um, TV show. Uh, all right, number three, we'll do a quick run through of number three, two, one, then we'll jump into Spotlight. And number three was The Mandalorian. I think we've raved massively about The Mandalorian for yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, definitely did. What did you think about the third season? I have to say that towards the end of the third season, I start to get a little bit disappointed. A lot of people said the same thing, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think from what I've been hearing that there, there is a fourth season there, but one of the news reports is that what they might do is compress the fourth season and make it a film. Yeah. So it may turn out to be that there's no fourth season, but there is a film, or you may get the fourth season i don't know I'd, I'd much rather the fourth season to be quite honest than the film yeah i, I, I guess so they can they can uh, spread out yeah. uh, number two is the last of us what did you think that's the adaptation of the video game uh, with pedro pascal and uh bella ramsey did you see the show no, i didn't see the show no it's, oh, on, it's on my list it's great it was on sky it is fantastic it's also on hbo max i really i am 100 percent behind the show I would happily go back and watch it again. Loads, and I never played played the game. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, you know, play you play the game and it's different." I I haven't heard anybody say bad things about the show. Everyone has always said that, especially in well, actually, no, I'll I'll rephrase. There was there's one episode in particular that a lot of people said bad things about it. However, those people that said the bad things about it are again kind of that group I was mentioning about that mocked the you know the the what you call it you know either way idiot people didn't like the show that's how I'm, I'm, I'm that's my hot take idiot people didn't like the last of us and number one of the year was black mirror so black mirror came back after a four-year hiatus on Netflix producer Dave you said you haven't seen it uh but I like black mirror they had a couple of good episodes in there wasn't as great as its previous seasons but uh, yeah, so that's the wrap up of the top series of 2023. Producer Dave, you have a um, piece of news before we jump into Spotlight? Yeah, just before we jump into film and, um, not film and TV news, we've already done that. No, just before we jump into Spotlight, um, there's something that's going to be going on with TVs. And I'm talking about the actual TV itself, the thing that you watch things on. Currently, most everyone's got a TV that can accept a free view signal. But from next year, what you're going to start finding in the shops is uh, TVs that accept a freely, uh, well, come with freely. Freely is going to eventually replace Freeview. At the moment, Freeview gets the signal from an aerial. Freely will not do that. It will 
get things, um, you, you'll be able to watch programs over the internet. So it will be internet-based TV. You won't need an aerial, you won't need a satellite. And starting from next year, you're gonna find more and more of those types of TV on sale. What does this mean for people? Well, in the next 10, five years, 10 years, basically you will need to have broadband to be able to watch tv that is essentially it you're going to have to have broadband you won't be able to get it through the dish or aerial any longer it means that your tv will become smarter in some respects because they will all come with the catch-up um, tv channels you know the itvx the bbc iplayer etc etc but what you get will be essentially the same as what you've got on Freeview. Now, for some people that's gonna be great because it means that no more um, atmospheric conditions with, which disrupt the TV signal and what have you. However, if you haven't got a broadband or you haven't got a stable broadband that gives you a fast enough service, that is gonna put pressure on you as well. But we're talking about the time frame is so like from 2024 onwards. So it's probably gonna take five, six to 10 years before Freeview is all shut down and it's all on broadband. But I just thought that's a bit of TV news that is um, that is relevant for a lot of people who are gonna be watching TV. And if you've got a good broadband signal and you're going to change your TV very shortly anyway, you may as well hold off and get one which is um, freely enabled. Uh, the first manufacturer that's going to bring one of those is Hisense, but they will all be signing up very shortly anyway because they intend to get rid of the, um, the aerial signal at some point in the future. So, yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Thank you very much, Producer Dave, for letting us know. Um, if when in the new year, when I'm looking to get a new TV, that is what I will be looking, looking forward to as well. And just before we jump into our film and TV news segment, uh, I just caught on the news. I don't know, Producer Dave, if you've heard this, uh, but what, what we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago where we talked about how streaming services like Netflix uh, withhold their uh, viewing figures for certain programs. And it's 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 been announced, Netflix has kind of announced recently that they are going to start rolling out um, twice a year viewing figures for their shows. Um, the only caveat is each show it, 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 to qualify for what they'll put on there, your show, your show or movie. And this is whether it's legacy movies, whether it's something they've, they've purchased or their own original creations. Uh, as long as you have uh, 50,000 hours viewing. So as long as it, so you, you have to hit that threshold. So the, so the, the project has to hit that threshold, 50,000 hours viewing that's when it'll then go on to the the um the doc the uh, release of what they'll show so it kind of answers those that question because one of the things i was talking about is how you can never really find out how how much uh you know how many views you have for your film if you sell it to netflix this way they're now it answers that question they will be doing that which is great it's it's great because at the end of the day if you don't if you're not having up to fifty thousand hours um viewing i mean i mean that that amount could be a little lower for independent filmmakers and for those people who are not as as famous as the scorseses and and uh other huge celebrities that are 
getting some Netflix time, but it's still a start, right? It's a start. You get your, you, you, you twice a year, they'll release the stats. You get to see what the viewing figures are for different shows. Um, and I, I, while I, I, while that is a great thing, it's not an altruistic thing. uh action on netflix's part i guess if you were to really consider it was you know the timing of them having done that obviously backlash from them not having done it might have reached a groundswell especially with uh with the sag after strikes uh talked about how orange is the new black uh we never really get to see royalties and the, the actors never got to see huge dividends on the royalties that were paid out even though we know how many we don't we don't know how many viewers have, have watched it but it was a netflix original and it's been on for years it pretty much brought loads of people to the to the site um and as such either way it netflix and have now rolled out a uh, a subscription tier which is free but with ads right so netflix have it's a not subscription free tier. it's not free it's not It's not free. How much is No, it? gosh, no, 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 no. It's not free. You pay, I think it's a fiver, four You ninety pay a nine. fiver, Yeah. but you still have ads, right? You have ads, yeah. But also, See, um, you don't, you, there's a lot of um, other restrictions as well. I, I th you don't get the high definition and you can only, I think, screen it on one device. <laughs> okay, so that's even that's even worse. It brings it down. Now, the reason why I'm even I'm bringing up that particular tier. Of subscription is because now that they are doing this thing where they are uh, showing their viewing figures twice a year, perfect opportunity to get ad sales, right? Yes. Because now they can go to various uh, advertisers and say, right, you know, the if you if you you can see that this particularly our lowest rated TV show that has come out is getting a uh, hundred thousand hours in the space of two weeks and the space of three weeks. So if you want to have your ad placed in this particular and so on and so forth. So remove the altruism from their decision. Uh, and it's not that they are now uh, allowing or wanting to generate extra revenue for the people that are buying their products. It's more to get more ad revenue bucks into their, their pockets. But either way, you know, As they said, uh, rising tide lifts all, all ships or all boats. Rising tide li lifts all boats. I don't know. It's Christmas. So let me listen. Let, Producer Dave, what are your thoughts on Netflix deciding to now release viewing figures uh, twice a year? Yeah, well, they should have been doing that from time, to be quite honest. Um, a lot of people have always wondered how things are going. And I think, to be quite honest, Even though, yes, it's mainly an, a, a ploy to get more ad revenue for those people who are going to be paying for ability to sit there and watch ads. I also think that it's going to help them reduce the amount of bloat that we've got on our, on, on our system because uh, they have got a lot of bloat. It is difficult to find something to watch sometimes because there's so much choice. That's true. That's true. They've got a lot of a lot of choices in there, um, and it is. I mean, hey, but that's that's why that's why I subscribe to Netflix because there's quite a lot that's on there. I haven't cut Netflix yet uh, because every now and again I will they will pop up with something that's an original which I watch. They also have a wider range of um, of foreign TV shows and movies 
So if I, when I, whenever I feel I need to get into, especially in the Asian market, especially in the African market as well. So I've noticed a lot of African films that are on there, African TV shows, and I'm not talking Nollywood. So it's not Nollywood. So if you're expecting a Nollywood movie, no, this is Netflix production level films from Africa, which is great because a lot of those stories are actually quite good. Um, and the, the acting, the, um, the, um, the quality of the films and the TV shows are actually quite good, vibrant colors, excellent opportunity for people to dive in and see that is not, you don't just get Nollywood if you watch African cinema, uh, which is great. So that's what Netflix offers. And that's why I'm pretty much there. And like, hey, they are a big, they're the big bad in, 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 you know, the TV studio world. So I'm, I'm, I'm personally on a whole, on a net loss gain or whatever you want to look at it i think it's a good idea that they're releasing their viewing figures it means that the filmmakers can get to see how much or how well their stuff is doing where before they didn't have that opportunity even if netflix do benefit from it that's fine they can benefit from it as much as they want either way anyway you listen to shoot the breeze on resonance 104.4 fm i'm marcus e Ako. and i'm producer dave and this is spotlight So in Spotlight, since it's Christmas, it's the, the our last show of 2023, we're approaching the Christmas time. Obviously, everyone is diving in to uh, look at Christmas TV shows and Christmas films to get them into the nice, warm spirit of the season. Uh, and I figured, let's use this opportunity to bring back the old top five favorites that we used to do way back in the day. So for those of you who have been following us or those of you who haven't been following us as long as I would expect you to, we used to do a segment at the end of the show with our guests where we'd get them to rank their top five favorite comedy movie, top five favorite Eddie Murphy movie, top five favorite movies about uh, action film, top five favorite, whatever, film, film on a first date, all that kind of stuff. So we figured since it's Christmas, how about we'll each do top five favorite Christmas movie? I'm sure we've done this. We've been going on for like five years now, so I'm pretty sure we've done this at some point. Um, but I'm not going to go back and look at, and listen to any of our episodes. And in fact, it's good to be able to compare and contrast what we had from back then compared to now. So, Producer Dave, do you have your top five favorite Christmas movies that you want to talk about today? I have a top five Christmas movies that I can talk about. Uh, yeah. All right, good. Uh, let's, let's, let's see if there's how much crossover there is. Um, because I put the list together. I put my list together and I was thinking, because I looked at some other top five favorite lists and so on. And I was like, okay, well, is, is this, you know, what, which, do, does my list um, match up with what those ones do? Like Time Out and uh, IMDb and so on. And some, there is some crossover, but my number one is not on anyone's number one, but it's my favorite Christmas movie. Um, and so we'll go through it. So let's start with number five. Same as we always do. Uh, I, I, it's almost, uh, for me anyway, there are going to be a lot of double ups. So let's see how we go. So pretty safe. let's start with you. What is your number five favorite Christmas movie? My number five is um, a traditional Christmas movie, to be quite honest. It's A Christmas Carol or Scrooge or what have you. It's one of those films. 
Sure. sure. So, you know, it's just one of those films. And I'm not, I'm, I could choose one, but I seem to like most of them anyway. So I'm just saying A Christmas Carol. Okay, that's good. So, and you, you met, I mean, you, you talked about Scrooge, which was the Bill, uh, the Bill Murray one. And there was kind of a new one with Ryan Reynolds and Colin Farrell, which, not Colin Farrell, um, Will Farrell. Uh, if you were to pick one of your one of those ones as your favorite Christmas Carol movie, which one would you go for? Oh God, that's really difficult. There's the one that was done in 1999, which starred uh, Patrick Stewart and uh, Grant. I can't remember. And Richard E. Grant. Yeah, Richard E. Grant. I think that one. Okay. That, that one's a good one. Yeah. So, so not the not the Muppets one. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> no, that was good as well. Fair enough. No. Fair enough. Well, my my number five is uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So <laughs> it's so Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is uh, a oh what's his name Shane Black Shane Black movie. Um, it has Robert Downey Jr., Val Kilmer, uh, not Ed Harris, but someone Corbin Burnson. That's it, and a number of people. So the the, the story of uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang it's set around Christmas, uh, and it, it is uh, Robert Downey Jr. is a petty thief. He's running away from a, a job that he's doing uh, and from a, from a break-in. The police are chasing him and he runs into a, a an audition, right? He runs into an audition and he pretends he's one of the actors who's come in late. And he, with a mixture of emotions of, you know, panicking from having run from the police and having seen his friend shot by the police, he breaks down and he cries and he delivers this piece at the audition. And they're like, we love you. We're taking you to LA, and so they take him to LA, and uh, he's 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 in there. They, they want to cast him for this role as a private investigator, and they pair him up with Val Kilmer, who's a private investigator consultant for the studios, and the two of them investigate a murder. Amazing film set at Christmas. It's in it's a noir um, comedy crime caper set at Christmas. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Amazing film, my number five. Bruce Dave, what's your number four favorite uh, Christmas movie? For number four, I chose an absolute classic. It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. And okay. Um, I, I'm certain that everyone's heard about it. It's about a man who just before Christmas this is uh, thinking of committing suicide and he's shown all the, what would have happened to the world if he wasn't in it. So yeah. It's it's a good spirited Christmas movie. So yes, it's, it's one of those Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, it comes out every year. It's there every single year. Somewhere. I I I love that movie. First time I ever watched it was Christmas Eve, nineteen ninety nine. If I'm not mistaken, uh, that was the first time I ever watched it. Cried my eyes out. Brilliant film. I totally agree, and it is. On my, it's my number four as well, but it's sort of a, it, it, again, double header. So I've got two. <laughs> it, it's I've got It's a Wonderful Life and In Bruges. So In Bruges, uh, the Colin Farrell, uh, Colin Farrell, uh, Brendan Gleeson, Ray Fiennes movie, where it's about two hitmen who are sent to the city of Bruges to go and and hide out while things die down in London. Uh, amazing film fantastic very sweary film very very sweary film um i can't remember the name of the the writer director um my, martin mcdonough that's it martin mcdonough he his his penchant for dialogue is amazing and i'm that's me right that's my thing your movie could be 
your movie could have no plot. It could have two people just talking to each other, but the dialogue being scintillating. And I'm like, I'm with you all the way. Let's sit in this cafe and chat for hours. I don't care. And that's in Bruges. The characters are brilliant. Colin Farrell is fantastic in it. Brendan Gleeson is even better in it. That's the first film. It's not the first film I saw Brendan Gleeson in, but it's the first film I saw Brendan Gleeson and I remembered his name going forward. He's terrific in it. And Ray Fiennes is just phenomenal. It's a great film. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's it's. I can't. This is thing. I can't. I believe it is setting. It's it's a Christmas. It's in Christmas in Bruges. It's nice little small town, quaint quaint architectural town, and they're having celebrations at Christmas. It's great. It's my number four, tied with It's a Wonderful Life. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance one hundred four point four FM. I'm Marcus E. Echo, and I'm producer Dave, and we are doing our top five favorite Christmas movies. Uh, as we're running down the the year 2023, and we're now on top uh, number three. Producer Dave, what is your number three favorite Christmas movie? Funny enough, I'm looking at my list again, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, maybe this should have been, maybe A Christmas Carol should have been number three, and this one should have been number five, Home Alone. <laughs> Home Alone, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've put it down as number three, but it maybe should have been number five, and, 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 and Christmas Carol should have been number three. Just thinking about it, yeah. But Home Alone, everyone knows Home Alone. Little kid gets uh, left behind as his family goes off on a trip and the house is about to be broken into by uh, some foolish and uh, inept burglars and the kid outsmarts them in a very, very comedic way at Christmas time. Hence the reason why it's uh, classed as a Christmas movie. There's... it's um... So, what was it? Uh, th- th- there's going to be another movie that's definitely going to pop up, and I'll talk about that more when we when we come to it. But yes, uh, the Macaulay Culkin. I kept on trying to think of what his name was. Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern. If I remember, I, I think the, J- Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern were the two thieves, and Macaulay Culkin was the was the uh, the hero protagonist. If you look at it from that point of view. Um, I, I think he's a psychopath. <laughs> a, psych- yeah, a psychopath in the making, a little brat. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, OK, so see, I did consider putting Home Alone on my list. Uh, and I just thought, do I really want to put it on there? I mean, yes. But hey, you've given it recognition. So I'm I, I, I'm safe to leave it off my list because I'm going to put the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, that's my number three. Nightmare Before Christmas animation, Tim Burton. It, it, the song's fantastic. The animation is, my kids love it. Uh, and I think I watched it, I enjoyed it, and I forgot about it. And then my kids wanted to watch it and they watched it. The second one got bored. The first one was like, yay, loves it. And so every year we go back in and we watch it again. So A Nightmare Before Christmas is what is what my number three is. I've I landed number three uh, for, for, for top favorite Christmas movie. Uh, let's go to number two. Producer Dave, what is your number two favorite Christmas movie? Actually, my number two is a double header. Um, it, the double header is A Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Die Hard. What? <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Even That's though good. it's not technically, well, it's technically not a Christmas movie in the sense that it hasn't got all that schmaltzy stuff, but it's set around oh, no, Christmas. No, no. We're, we're both in agreement that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, so we both agree <laughs> Chris, that, so well, that's fine. Bruce Willis didn't, but, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. I thought he did. He didn't think he did. He didn't think it was, but yeah, it's set around Christmas, so yeah. 
Okay. Uh, well, funnily enough, you say Die Hard is your number two. Die Hard is my number my, my number two as well. It's it's it. I landed it in there. It's number two. Everybody knows Die Hard. The thing is, because I was, I mentioned this when you said Home Alone. I, I read someone have a quote that said um, Home Alone is Die Hard for kids, and Die Hard is Home Alone for adults. <laughs> And it's and it, 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 if you think about it, it's perfect, right? It's just because <laughs> that's, that's what John McClane does. John McClane, Nakatomi uh, Towers, Nakatomi Plaza, terrorists come in, try to steal from Nakatomi Plaza, and he has to defend with whatever he can find. So he sets traps with their stuff. He beats them. He gets the gun. Ho! Now I've got a gun. Ho ho ho! And so on and so forth. And he's making cracking jokes as he's going along. Fantastic and. Both both films went to spawn off a whole bunch of sequels that went they went down in quality as they as they went along. Um, but yes, so Die Hard is my number two favorite Christmas movie. Um, I'm my kid hasn't watched it yet, but he's gearing for it. He wants to watch it this Christmas. Uh, so yes, that is lined up for Christmas this year. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave, and we are now uh, at our top. Favorite, uh, top number one favorite Christmas movie of all time. Producer Dave, what is yours? Unfortunately, it's another double header. Okay. Trading Places and Gremlins. I didn't. Okay. I thought we were going to have disparately separate lists, like completely opposite lists. But if I'm not mistaken, apart from number five for me, and number three, which you swapped around a little bit with the double header, what, three, two, four, one, or four, three, two, one, smack bang, almost the same. I didn't put Gremlins on mine because I'll be honest, I think I've seen Gremlins such a long time ago and I can't remember it. I remember bits of it. I remember this, whatever, but I don't remember having seen it from beginning to end. So Gremlins is not on my list. Oh, you need to watch it from, you need to watch it from the beginning. It is hilarious. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I've seen so many clips of it, but I've never really seen it. Yeah, I can't remember. Now you need it. to sit and watch it. It is just from even your kids will love it. It's, it's will do. Yeah, will do. But great but stuff. Trading places number one. Absolutely, trading places is my number one favorite Christmas movie. Same as yourself, Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd. <clears throat> it is. It's Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Uh, it, it. It. What you have is uh, two. Uh, two bankers or two stock uh, stock exchange billionaires uh, have this thing where they like to make a bet with each other. They're brothers. They like to make bets with each other that ruins people's lives, essentially. And their bet this year, this Christmas, is a nature-nurture debate where they say if they take what, – what happens if they swap their – uh, their number one, the number one, you know, stock trader, number one protege, uh, played by Dan Aykroyd. If they swap his conditions with a bum that they find on the street, played by Eddie Murphy, if they swap them, will they be able to maintain, or will they carry on in their own? Uh, path as they are. So um, Dan Aykroyd's character, will he, the fact that he's had everything given to him, he's born in a rich family, he's gone to Harvard, and he's now being, everything is, you know, the world is his oyster. Whereas 
uh, you know, Eddie Murphy's character. He's a crook. He's on the street. You see him actually swindling because uh, he's pretending to be a cripple and whatnot. And they 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 say, okay, if we swap them, will they still carry on, or will Eddie Murphy carry on being a criminal, and will uh, Dan Aykroyd, uh, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, would he succeed? Would he pull himself by the bootstraps and become successful? That's the that's the premise of Trading Places. Fantastic movie. And it for me, it the, this is how great the movie is for me. Whenever I, I wish people, you know, greetings, season's greetings, essentially, I use the season's greetings of Happy Christmas and a Merry New Year as all, what I've always done because of Trading Places. If you know, if, 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 if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That is a great movie and one of Eddie Murphy's finest. Go check it out if you haven't seen it. Producer Dave, what sticks out to you in, in Trading Places? What makes it your favourite? Um, well, apart from that scene, um, the way in which Dan Aykroyd actually turns into a bum. There's a scene where he's wandering down the street dressed in, as Santa Claus, and he is... I think that's the forerunner of Bad Santa, to be quite honest, because he's just like staggering down the street Santa Claus uh, outfit on, and he stops, and he's drinking all the, he drinks all the hooch all the way down, chucks the bottle away, and goes, "Bleh!" <laughs> <laughs> this hilarious? And he's stealing, he, he steals a whole, a whole salmon, massive salmon, and he shoves it down his, <laughs> <laughs> down his top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know what? Lining that up as well. Those are my top five. I'm gonna line them up uh, for Christmas. Okay, so we've now come to the end of our show, which uh, which has been it's been a long 2023. Um, I just I want to if you're listening to this, I want to thank you very much because you didn't have to, you didn't have to download Shoot the Breeze, you didn't have to listen to us rant for an hour to get to this point. Uh, and but hey, you know what? There were so many other uh, podcasts or episodes that you're, you know, on, on on Resonance FM that you could have listened to. And Resonance FM have great shows. You should definitely listen to it. And you chose to listen to us. And I thank you very much for that. I also thank Resonance for not listening to us at all because, oof, you know, if they had any sense, they would have canceled us a long time ago. Uh, but they didn't. And so they, they left us to carry on. And we're going to be going into 2024, I believe, unless I get an email before Christmas uh, and we'll see what happens. Um, and one person I definitely want to thank uh, very much for for sticking with me, producer Dave. Uh, you've you've been you've stuck with me for close to five years. We've been you've listened to me rant, and I've been throwing you under the bus numerous numerous times. Um, I'm sure I've done it at least three times in this episode alone. Uh, I want to I want to thank you very much for for sticking by me and uh, and and allowing me to rant at someone because if it wasn't you i would be ranting at myself and in a few days i would get committed for that so thank you very much for saving me from being committed to an asylum for just talking non-stop of my own theories uh, so i want to thank you very much and i want to wish you a happy christmas i want to wish all of you all that have listened to the show and all of you who are listening to Resonance FM, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. You have been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I have been Marcus E. Akko. And you're listening to a very grateful producer, Dave. And thank you very much for listening. And speak to you all next time. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry New Year. Merry New Year. Bye.